Welcome to the Hunter's Hub event quest. Um, today we're going to be talking about Throne of Eldraine uh, as a set spoiler. Or everything came out like what? Friday was it? Darth Tatum? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to do our normal spiel of talk about a few cards and then rate them and then get out of here uh, because, you know, hey, we still like to talk about magic. So uh, this is Fortwan here and. Um, Joined uh, as always with uh, Leo Riser. How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. And Darth Tater. Good. Life's good. Good to hear. So, without any further ado, uh, just as a quick reminder, we talk about five cards each, uh, a little bit, and then we have our own rating scale to set. So we'll start us off with uh, Leo Reiser. What is your number one card from the Throne of Eldraine? All right. Well, the f number one card for Throne of Eldraine is actually out of the Brawl decks, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the Shimmer Dragon. It's four, two blue for a five, six flying dragon. As long as you control four or more artifacts, it has hexproof, and you can tap two untapped artifacts you control to draw a card. Hmm. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm a big fan of mono red strategies, but I'm also a big fan of playing around with a lot of artifacts in play at once, even if they don't do a whole lot of anything. And this is perfect because it lets me play all sorts of little do-nothing artifacts that then just say, hey, I'm just going to draw cards. Also, having a mono blue dragon just makes me happy. Right, yeah. He's sitting there, like, hugging a castle, like, no, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be dragons are typically red-centric, you know, like red-blue red green a lot of time um i remember there was a lot of red greens in um uh dragons of tarkir uh in that sort of set or at least that's where i used a lot of them um but then we got a couple of different dragons i think there's a red blue dragon also in this set that i don't think we're going to be talking about but it's nice to see variation on that color for sure for that that type Agreed. And anything that interacts with artifacts in my little gray bits is even better. It's true. Artifacts are a thing, especially with blue. Um, okay. Uh, did you have anything to add to that? Um, or no, that's a that's about it. Just it's a it's just a solid body, gonna be useful in a lot of ways in a couple different decks that I've messed around sure. with, and it's just. Uh, Probably one of the most rawly powerful cards that I saw out of this for the type of stuff that I like to do. Yeah, that's always a big plus. Okay. Um, so next, Darth Tater, what is your first pick for <laughs> for this uh, fantasy set? <laughs> Going with a card that calls to a fairy tale. I got Clackbridge Troll. Three and two black for an 8-8 eight, eight creature troll with trample and haste. Mm -hmm. And then the card gets worse. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three zero one white goat creature tokens. Begin mm -hmm. a combat on your turn. Any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If that player does, tap Clackbridge Troll. You gain three life and draw a card. Yeah. This is something that really just stands out to me. I like these this line of, you know, huge black creatures that have this weird getcha effect. You know, Desecration Demon being one of the ones that's more relevant. Yeah, because it gets also, bigger. This just stalls. It has different evasion. It has trample, but it also has haste. I just like, you know, it's the troll under their bridge. 
harassing the billy goats. Like, that aspect of it's pretty fun, but it really fits in with this mono-black group hug deck that this set alone kind of inspired, and I'll be at least talking about one other card for that. Just, here's some dudes, and the trust game between everyone and Commander of staring at 8 damage, and everyone's like, we're probably just going to sacrifice a creature, that's fine. And when they do, it's not just tap, you actually gain life and draw a card, too, so... Yeah, there's still... Until yeah. someone kills it, it is impactful either way. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, like, I would take a... I'd take the draw card over a plus one, plus one counter on a demon most days, so... Mm. That... That on a... On a different axis is something that I'd like, and it's still big. It's not like it starts small and you have to wait for it to grow, or you know, even starts desecration demon size and gets bigger. It starts as an eight eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think haste is a lot to give, give people the first turn of like, oh, we're sacrificing something the first turn. I'm yeah, not ready. It for comes this. in and yeah, it comes in and almost immediately replaces itself if nothing else because they're the turn you play it, they're probably sacrificing a goat to give you three life and draw a card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, my first pick is the Thunderous Snapper. Surprise, surprise, it's a Hydra. Um, <laughs> um, one thing that uh, I didn't, th- like, I was telling uh, Darth Vader here, you know, all throughout the spoilers, I'm like, we're not going to get any Hydras. It's just not going to happen. They don't fit any of sort of, like, conventional fairy tales, this thing's all based off of. And we got a Turtle Hydra. Which I don't know what fairy tale a turtle hydra is in, or a thunderous snapper turtle. Um, in all honesty, it's a okay card. It's uh, it's four colored mana for four four, so equal power in with equal mana, but um, and it gives you a, a sort of card draw, kind of, whenever you cast something with a mana. Uh, cost five or greater draw a card so there's that um but it's not super useful i just it's a hydra i like it um the fact that it's a turtle hydra is super interesting uh always loved getting new hydra types um and it definitely has an interesting um flavor text i wouldn't say it's one of the best um but it it kind of gives them like story building because uh, uh, the flavor text says, While humans hear only a deafening roar, the fae hear m- the music of breathtaking beauty. Um, so yeah, that's. I'd kind of like to know what beautiful turtle hydra screams are. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, I, to me it's a solid card. I would play it. Um, but I, again, I'm not like the most competitive player. So, <laughs> it's it's a nice. Uh, a lo- I've seen a lot of people say it's going to be good in draft for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, but aside from that, like, um, it's okay. <laughs> I like it though because there's a lot of things uh, that personally speak to me about the card, especially the whole Hydra aspect of it. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for that one for me. Um, so we'll go back up to Leo. What's your second pick? Uh, my second pick is one of the legendaries from the Brawl decks. Uh, my second pick is the is Corvold, the Fey Cursed King. He's two and black, red, green 
for a legendary dragon noble. I really like that they added noble, warlock, and I think there was one or two other creature types that they added for this set. But just having those just it makes me happy. Right. Um, I was I was sad when we got when we lost Lord in the great creature type update, and now we're getting noble. So I I feel like they're bringing it back. Um, he is a four four flyer with whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, you sacrifice another permanent. That's a big sad face. Um, but whenever you sacrifice a permanent, you put a plus one plus one counter on him and draw a card. So never mind, it's not a sad face. Uh, he does have flavor text about how he was transformed his own wedding. He decided to eat the banquet, the gifts, and the guests. So mm-hmm. he must have ticked someone off and gotten really hungry. Mostly though, I just like Jund commanders that enjoy sacrificing things for fun and profit any commander that lets you sacrifice here on stuff for fun and profit it's always good in my book um i like the vivectus Mati, that dragon that whenever it attacked everyone sacked a permanent and flipped the top card and got it um this guy just seems straight better yeah lets you sacrifice all your own stuff even just your fetches turn into a counter and drawing a card um scions any sack outlet gets nuts and all of that together just makes me feel like this guy's going to be solid. I'm going to see probably a lot of play. I'm going to put something together with him at some point. Uh, hmm. Far down my list of all the other cards that I want to put together. <laughs> but just having that as a a powerful payoff for sacrifice engines that's going to sit in your command zone is always, always great. And uh, when it says draw a card, it's even better. Right. Yeah, that card draw... That's something. Uh, Darth Tate, do you want to talk a little bit about... You actually started playing one of your cards you talked about uh, last episode in Commander League and started destroying with it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anja? Angie? Yeah. Her name, Falconroth. I know there's been some buzz about her with competitive Commander, but just... Playing at the shop, I think I swapped in 15 cards, and I've had complaints about, the deck is just too strong, and I get it. When you lose, it's always good, and it feels like you should complain, but she's a 1-3, and she's literally never died. It's not like <laughs> I have counter spells. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It's red-black. Sure, there's like pyroblasts that could be relevant, but I'm expecting like it getting pathed and going, hmm, I can't interact with that unless I want to play Dash Hopes and they'll probably pay life. Right. And it's just, our meta is a little solitary-ish for everybody, and when I get to draw three or four extra cards every turn because a Squee is an amazing card. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's gross. Yeah, so... I, I see where you're talking about Recorvold here can get some get some uh, advantage out of that because that card draw th- that really helps. It's a, yeah. It's always uh you know everyone always says a card draw is the most powerful thing or the kind of thing like no you want to draw cards and it's like no 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 I want to draw cards I don't want you to draw cards this is this yeah. is the thing I want to draw cards you don't give stuff. <laughs> The most beautiful three words in magic. Draw X cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like that one. That one's a... I like the art on it, uh, for sure. Yes. Just 
dragon wrapped in some like armor. Looks like he's got, still got a crown on. Yes, and yeah, he's got. He's kind of sitting, kind of weird, like a almost like a human, uh, but he's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is is a good one. Um, okay, uh, so you're number two, Darth Tater. Yeah, Fabro Elder, one a green and a white for zero zero creature tree folk druid with vigilance. Fabro Elder gets plus one plus one for each color among permanents you control. And the next line is why I think this card is going to be important. Tap, colon. For each color among permanents you control, add one mana of that color. Hmm. This is a more color-restrictive, bigger-body take on... Ooh, I'm spacing on the name. Bloom Tender. Bloom Tender. There you go. And I lived through the chaos of buying a Bloom Tender at $10... I'm watching it go up, I think, to 40. Yeah. In the era yeah, of the they're... four color commander decks coming out. I think it's still really expensive. So. For. Yeah. A similar effect on a bigger body that can get in combat because it has vigilance. You know, as long as you're green and white, it functions almost as well. Just one more up the curve, which you're going to probably land a war elves or something into this. On turn two, anyway, Bloom Tender didn't. Unless you had free artifact ramp. So, yeah. it's going to be a bigger body. I think the more color restrictive, it's not going to be $40, but it's going to see something. I don't. I mean, the big thing is, I don't even think it's the color restrictive that's going to keep it from seeing 40 bucks. It's that it's in a much newer, more printed set. Uh, for reference, Bloom Tender is still. Forty dollars, forty to fifty, from pretty much all the listings I'm seeing. Yeah, but I mean, even just all the decks that want to play a Bloom Tender would want to play a second one. All the decks that want to play a Bloom Tender playing five colors, so getting a second color isn't going to hurt them. Yeah, I was and, thinking for I actually ended up getting the Bloom Tender I had for a Naya deck, so obviously I can still run this in the Naya deck. But it's just kind oh, of yeah. funny in my mind to be like, okay, it, it was worth to me the ten I paid then. But there's no way, just as in Mild Animalize, just another Mana Dork was rather worth that much when it got that expensive. So this is another nice thing, you know, it's probably going yeah. for about the price of a pack, three to four bucks is what I'm seeing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I didn't actually didn't think about it, like, my, I got Bloom Tender for an Animar deck, so it was only tapping for three colors, but it was still solid. Mm -hmm. Plus yeah. relevant, it's Tree Folk. I guess good old uh, yeah Doran has another friend Doran butts dot deck yeah I played against that a couple times at the shop it's kind of scary at times yeah it's fine my my two mana you know one six it's totally irrelevant it's <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of here. Staring at the command zone. Wait, what a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh no. <laughs> that's when uh that's when my Tulsamir Death Touch Wolves comes into play, and that's about it. That's yeah. about all that I can do to counter that deck. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. It's uh it's an interesting card. I like the art. Uh, like I don't know what he's doing, but he's 
He's blowing some sort of smoke off of his hand. It's green. <laughs> this has some flavor text. It's wide-reaching roots draw more than water. Yeah. Ominous, I guess. Or, like, inspiring. Who, who knows these things? Right. His blown magic. Depends who controls the permanent, you or me. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. Right. Alright, um, so my number two, surprise, surprise, is the second Hydra in the set. Uh, this one is the Brawl Deck exclusive. So, um, it's going to be a little harder to get a hold of. And it already has a individual price on TCG Player for $14. So, yeah, getting uh, getting nine of these for my binder is going to be a little rough. But <laughs> um, this is a Steelbane Hydra, and it is X green green for a zero zero. It has the usual Hydra text where X is the amount of 1-1 one, one counters. Um, I still wish, just a little aside, I still wish that Hydra's adopted the Gyrus uh, approach where it's equal to the amount of mana spent on them. So that way X could be zero if you so chose it to be. But no, not in this case. Um, then it has a very interesting uh, ability, in my in my opinion, of two in green, remove a 1-1 one, one counter from Steelbane Hydra. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Hello, uh, Reclamation Sage on a stick. <laughs> Repeatable reclamation stages. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, if you just pay this for the one X, uh, it is a reclamation sage. Uh, as far as like that effect, if you can pay it the next turn, it's not as good uh, when you do it like that. But I mean, if you at least pay two for X, you you've already you've already got a decent like hey. Uh, out to at least one artifact and still keep a 2-2 a, a body on the field. Which, you know, a 2-2 isn't very impressive, especially for something like a Hydra. But the utility on this thing is actually really strong. Um, and the, the flavor text, again, is, is pretty good. Uh, many, uh, an ancient treasure has been reduced to jagged caltrops by its snapping jaws. Like... I know you like artifacts, man, but I love destroying artifacts, too. <laughs> but you like to eat them. I see how it is. <laughs> if we ever get to play, that might be something that happens, but... <laughs> it might be relevant. Um, might might make me sad. But this is... Well, I mean, it, there's so many decks where like it's artifact dependent on... Like, hey, this combo piece requires this one artifact, and I'm going to do this, this, and this. To me, this is an insurance that says, hey... It's on the field, and it hit the field. You can try to remove it. In response, I can still destroy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just it's just a go button, ready to be hit. Like I I love this card uh, for its utility, especially um, the uh, the idea of this this turtle hydra is is also entertaining to me. Um, like of all the things they stick a hydra on, like snake hydras, all this kind of stuff, like it's all kind of it's made sense. Turtle. But you say turtle hydra, you're like how the heck? And then you look at it, and you're like, okay, yeah. There's, I might be mis like missing something or misremembering something. Like there's got to be something in like fairy tales and Arthurian legends about multi-headed turtles. 
and that they're just like this is the only way to get hydras into this set i guess yeah i, I like i like i said i was completely convinced that there just wasn't going to be hydras period like <laughs> it just wasn't going to be a thing because i don't know what kind of fairy tales have hydras in them there to me they've always been a greek thing which is why they were so prevalent in theros right yeah so uh i don't know i'm happy though i got my i got my hydra boys back so or girls yeah no it's don't want to be hydra sexist (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's uh that's it for my second one uh we'll just keep going down the list uh leo what's your third pick my third pick is gonna be charming prince okay Uh, now i like this one it's one in a white for a two two human noble when it enters the battlefield you choose one you can scry two, you can gain three life, or you can exile another target creature you own and then return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Um, I like this one partly because it's a pun. We have a charm on a creature, and of course that creature is the Charming Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, it got to be revealed by Reed Duke, which I just personally enjoy having Magic Sweetheart be the one that reveals the Charming Prince. Um, I know so many people that have crushes on that that gentleman and then on top of that it's just a good creature having a bear that gives you options of a little bit of pseudo card advantage with the scry buffering your life total or letting you reuse another etb i love flickering my own creatures uh, oh yeah plate and a card like this like in modern it might see some play in humans because it is a human it lets you reuse all the other human etb effects or like reset a meddling mage it's things like that it lets you uh, do so many different interactions with all sorts of cards in whichever type of deck and having it on a cheap efficient little body that can do other things if you need it to just it's the type of like efficient useful card that I like to see <laughs> it's a good yeah. one Loki, I need you to stop chewing in I'm gonna be honest I actually don't know the person you were talking about that got to spoil this so I will have to he's a uh... He's a very popular pro player because he's a very uh, he's a very nice guy. Always phenomenal in interacting with everyone. Okay. Um, also, just a very pretty man. Keeps himself in shape. Uh, <laughs> looks good. Just he looks like just your common like yeah. This guy looks a nice looking, pleasant looking gentleman. So good to know. Yeah, I, like I, I said at the beginning of, the, uh, of of starting this show, I may be the least informed person to be doing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but hey, I still like magic. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, Darth Tater, your third pick. It's an interesting one. It's actually the buy box promo for this set. It's mm-hmm. Kenrith, the Returned King. Four and a white for a 5-5 legendary creature, Human Noble. And he has five activated abilities. Oh, jeez. Pay a red. All creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. Pay one and a green. Put a 1-1 counter on target creature. Pay two and a white. Target player gains five life. Pay three and a blue. Target player draws a card. Pay four and a black. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. Okay. So, we have a smorgasbord of 
all these things that don't necessarily interact with each other. But it is a, another five-color commander that is castable with one color. He is white. Uh, it, it really fits some of the things I've liked to have been doing recently with uh, Group Hug. Getting people to draw cards is always good. Honestly, combining the red ability with the black ability of reviving some really annoying creature for somebody, and like, hey, and then I'll give it haste if you smack somebody else. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of benefit in it. And I really like that the green ability is the 1-1 one -one counter. You know, all these abilities can be used to hug, or they actually can just be focused on yourself and just be a somewhat versatile and I don't have any illusions of him being one of the greatest five-color commanders, but just always feeling like I have something valuable to do with the card. I really enjoy that, and it's nice to see this little bit of, you know, we have Will and Rowan that have that same surname, so getting a little more insight into them just by this card existing. Okay. Hi, Dad. You seem neat. <laughs> he, I, I do really like that he's... It's a group hug commander, but it it's a always it's a targeted group hug, group hug commander. So it's more of a politics commander. Yeah. Because none of his abilities affect other than the trample one, which still only affect one player at a time because it's whoever's player's turn it is. For sure. None of them affect everyone. It's I will give you this ability. I will give you this card. I will give myself this thing. It's not right. Everybody gets to do that. It's not like uh, Kaneos and Tiro, where everyone gets to draw a card or put a land in. Oh, I get to do both, but you know, I'm helping everyone at once. It's I'll help the person that can help me the most right now. And the big thing for me is well, I love playing group hug, but every once in a while you play with someone, you're like, I don't want to play any of this game where you draw an extra card, which means I can't resolve seven of my spells. But being able yeah. to hug the people who need it or you feel like makes the game more enjoyable. I really like that oscillation. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if anyone's noticed this about this card. It's entirely King Arthur from the Holy Grail. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no doubt that is him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> such a great, such a great reference. <laughs> now all we need is the Black Knight. And then it's just golden, uh, or the rabbit. I think oh, I, I think the uh, Oathsworn Knight was supposed to look like him, like the Black Knight from Monty Python's Holy Grail in the Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like I'm looking at that card now because it's actually very close to it on the on the same site, and maybe it's the closest one that I've seen and that anyone's poked at because it's a knight that as it gets damaged parts fall off of it that's true okay yeah one of the things I saw on it was the, how many people are going to get altars of it to change it to the black knight <laughs> yeah uh, as I get older that movie gets funnier I actually didn't like that I know, movie right? when I first watched it in high school I just didn't Aside from the Black Knight bit and the the Killer Rabbit bit, but it's growing on me. <laughs> so the I, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy that that at least we have a more. I feel like that's a more direct rend, uh, reference in Kenrith there. The whole Oathsworn Knight being Black Knight. I don't know. Like 
It's a little more loose, but yeah. Will Kenrith is definitely King Arthur. I also like aesthetically the abilities all cost one more than the other. Oh, yeah. Right. I like that symmetry kind of moving forward. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Um, so this this is my first non-Hydra card, um, <laughs> which is the Realm Cloak Giant, uh, which is, I think it's the first time that we're talking about one of these storybook cards. I don't know what you want to call them. Adventure cards. The adventure yeah. cards. Yeah. yeah. So um, the way it works is you can choose to either just play the creature, which is the normal cost at the top, or you can do the cat like the the adventure part of it that puts the card in exile which you can then cast the creature from exile um so i like this because it's um to me it's it's a it's an interesting uh commander card and it's also one of the other cards that has a direct price so it's almost seven dollars right now um, so it looks like it, it might have some hype behind it to already have a pre-order price. But the uh, Cast Off, which is a 3 in white-white, uh, this is the sorcery part of the card, uh, destroy all non-giant creatures. Um, so there's a lot of giants in this set, so it could be relevant where you have a board state with some giants or where some other people have some things. But it's essentially it's a board wipe for 5, um, which is pretty decent. Um, it's at sorcery speed, so not the best. But then for seven, you pull in a seven-seven vigilant <laughs> giant. <laughs> That's like okay, I've wiped a board. Now I have a seven-seven. Uh, let's just say next turn. It's still pretty decent. <laughs> it's still pretty good. So you wipe everyone out, and then he sort of like lifts his cloak and is like, "I'm here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love this card. I'm awake. I love it has vigilance too, because it's like that. That means like, oh no, I'm gonna keep attacking too. Like whatever of yours survived, like I'm, I'm here to keep attacking. Um, so it's it's an interesting card uh, when I'm thinking about playing it in commander or something like that. Even though I don't have any decks that would really want to run this right now, um, I could see this being a card in the back of my head for any sort of deck building that would include white. At certain point, yeah, at a certain point, because you know it's good to have, you know, all those those great white board wipes. But here's another one that also can get you something on the field. Definitely, I mean, there's plenty of decks that you know they play your Wrath of God, your Day of Judgment and stuff. But you'll want like a third or fourth white board wipe, and it's not too bad for yours to have the extra mode of after I board wipe, I have the option of just having this 7-7 seven, seven somewhere later in the game. Right. It, it's not like other cards, just, you know, just the adventure mechanic in general. A lot of times when you're paying extra to do something, it's like, no, you have to pay this now. Um, this, uh, this is, like, you can just have it on retainer for when you need it later, also. You're like, yeah. I pulled up a better answer in the meantime this next turn anyways, or you're not you're not forced to pay 12 mana <laughs> yeah you're you, you get to as long as you're casting the the uh adventure half you're getting to bank the creature for later on all these and i i actually don't have any specific adventure cards on my list but in general i think the mechanic is really cool yeah 
especially uh, in telling like the two part stories that a lot of these fairy tales reference. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's um it, it allows I'd like to see this come back. Like this is a very cool mechanic in my brain. Like I'd like to see this uh, done even more. Or something like this, where it's like, here's part one, and then part two. I guess they kind of did that with the sagas, but um, I feel like this is like a better version of that. Just in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, my number three. So we're up to number four, the penultimate card for you, Leah Rezer. Uh, which one did I put in number four? Uh, my number four is Oko, Thief of Crowns. He is a one green blue for a... How many loyalty is he got? He comes in with four loyalty. Um, a legendary planeswalker, Oko. He's a happy little fey boy. Um, plus two, create a food token. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is actually the first time any of our cards have talked about food tokens. So Right, it's also our food first tokens. planeswalker talking about today, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, so food tokens are artifacts that, much like clues, let you pay two and sacrifice them for an effect. Uh, except with food, it's three life instead of a card. So significantly weaker. But uh, still a, still in effect. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has plus one. Target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes a green elk creature with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. And then he has minus five. Ga- exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. Mm-hmm. So, in general, a three-mana Planeswalkers are pretty much always something to look at just because they're you're able to get them in and start taking those abilities earlier. Getting even the, just the extra loyalty going quick is great. Um, the plus two to create a food token isn't all that impressive on its own. Um, there are actually a quite a few cards in the set that interact favorably with food tokens. Right. So mixed with those, it does a lot. And that's something that I like that they did in this set that they didn't do in um, Shadows of Innistrad with the clue mechanic. Yeah. Partly because partly because the clues you can, you know, they were pay to tap sack draw a card. So any effect that you could cash those clues in for that wouldn't be drawing a card just meant that no one would do it. It's why a lot of the cards that you saw referencing Investigate would give you an effect when you sacked the clue to draw a card, but didn't care, didn't make you sacrifice them for an alternative effect. The only one was, I think, Tamio's Journal, which let you sack a couple clues to upgrade from draw to tutor. Right. But yeah. everything else was you know when you sack a clue gain some life when you sack a clue get a token in Eldraine there's pretty much nothing that I really I really saw specifically that was like when you sacrifice a food token do this thing but there's a lot of things that are like you know sacrifice two food draw a card sacrifice you know tap sacrifice one food get a mana of any color right. all sorts of effects so by making the effect on the token less it opened them up a lot to create effects where you could use the food for other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting way of balancing that create a token mechanic that they started with the clues, and I really think was a neat way to do it. Then also being able to mess around with 
on Oko specifically, me- being able to mess around with other people's creatures, turning them into three threes. Yeah, it's bigger than a one one, but you know, if you do it to an opponent's creature, you're probably still nerfing it and have the ability to do it. And you can even do it to your own stuff and upgrade, you know, a mana dork. You could go, you know, turn one Lanor Elf, turn two Oko, turn your elf into a 3-3. Right. Or, yeah, and then you're sitting there with a, on turn two with a 3-3 and a five loyalty planeswalker saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ahead a little bit right now. Yeah. Um, you can do it, you know, you can play him, plus up, make a food token, or have a food token and play from something else and turn that food token into an elk with his own ability. Or... Even if it push comes to shove, if they have a cool little utility creature, hey, that's a really neat death right shaman you have. It's it'd be a pity if you had a food token instead, and <laughs> I had your death right shaman. Yeah. It'd be a real shame. Uh, just you know, <laughs> he likes his treats. Yeah. So, and all in all, for having all of that on a three mana planeswalker, I think is just great. Yeah, it's it's an interesting card for sure. I, I like. Uh... You don't see a lot of green-blue uh, Planeswalkers, and it's a good one. It's a good new one. Yeah. Also, having just that Fey flavor makes yeah. me even more enjoy it. I love, love stories about the Fey and, you know, Fey-inspired and Fey-influenced books, fables, and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so, Darth Vader, number four. We have Rankle, Master of Pranks. Two and two black for a 3-3 legendary creature, Fairy Rogue. Has flying and haste. Whenever Rankle, Master of Pranks, deals combat damage to a player, choose any number, and it lists off three options. Each player discards a card. Each player loses a life and draws a card. Each player sacrifices a creature. Yeah. So this card, spoiled a little early in the season, is kind of what... Big into group hug, mono black group hug now has a commander that has relevant impact. You know, most of the time the thought would be go down the line, keep hitting people for three, let's all lose a life and draw a card. But I like that it has the ability to interact and make people sacrifice creatures or discard cards also. That's kind of something I always find issue with these great group hug commanders I have. I'm just starved for these abilities to interact with things that are going to end the game. And it's going to be like, okay, I'm interested in playing the game, not necessarily winning the game, but I don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. So being able to, if someone, you know, goes through a bunch of stuff, gets a huge threatening creature into play, but sack their whole board to do it, you know, having some way to interact, be able to make them sacrifice a creature, make the problem player discard their last card and all of us have to shrug as we throw one of our few cards away. Like, it seems it has the right amount of interaction once it stays in play, mixed with the hugging things that I want to do, that I'm pretty happy that, you know, this will send me this direction now, along with the Clackbridge Troll to just have this nice little it'll feel like group slug, because a lot of the things in black are going to cause people to lose life, but I still think it'll be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, kind of a creepy art for a fairy, though. Yeah, he's a little little bit of a dark fairy. Like, I, I don't know if he has pupils. That kind of creeps me out. That's pretty relevant. I don't think he has pupils. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, white eyes with this reddish tint. 
Oh man. Yeah, the like red around the eyes really really makes it worse. Yeah, it's like here's the jacked up fairy. It's gonna jack up everyone's board state. <laughs> yeah, I imagine most of the time when you see this card, it's just gonna be like whack everyone, discard a card, everyone sacrifice a creature, and make sure you were fine with it. And like we're gonna yeah. do that every turn till it dies. Oh yeah. It having haste is a little surprising, but really good. Yeah, yeah, I think too. maybe that was a little bit of the you want to be able to get in once, probably because if it doesn't yeah. have haste, you just maybe get stonewalled. There's an interesting amount of flyers in this set, so right. Yeah, well, there's a lot of fairies too, which all have flying. Right. Uh huh. Okay. I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's. I didn't look at that one too closely. <laughs> <laughs> That might be annoying to play against. Thanks. <laughs> but it's a hug deck. It'll be fine. No, 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 no. Well, you, you know I don't fall for that crap. It's all lies. All the hugs are lies. It's just hugging me so you can reach into my coin purse. Fairy rogue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, now that hand is going too low. Back up, back up. <laughs> um, so, uh... No, uh, my number four is Questing Beast. Um, this is a two and a green green for a four four legendary creature beast. Um, it is multi headed. It is not a Hydra, um, but that is not why I like it. Um, Vigilance, Death Touch, and Haste. That's amazing. Um, it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. And this next line, um, I love it. And the reason why I love it is because. I'm so tired of decks that prevent combat damage because that's how I like to play games, is combat damage. Combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. Thank you, no longer uh, a friend of ours who plays uh, some stupid card where, hey, if I took X amount of damage, prevent that damage and put that many 1-1 counters on this thing, it has flash. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore, man. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no more fogs no more white fog um i like this card uh i will probably try to fit it in two of my four decks i'm not even kidding uh i like it a lot uh, and I, it also has it's not even done it has a fourth fourth line um so it says whenever uh questing beast deals combat damage to an opponent it deals damage to that player's uh, any sort of uh, tar in, into target planeswalker that player controls. Sorry, I tried to paraphrase, but I was like, nah, it's not a good idea. Um, so yeah, it also hits the planeswalker that you chose not to hit because you want to get damage in, which is something relevant for me because I'd rather get damage than hit their planeswalker unless I'm trying to keep them away from doing their ultimate or something. Um, so yeah, I don't have to make that decision. I just hit both. And it's fine and it can't be prevented <laughs> so i i love uh i love this uh i love this card like i think uh in this whole set as far as like stuff i'm excited to do i think this is my favorite um because the the turtle hydras are cool uh i think the steel bane hydra is the better of the two and even then it, it takes a lot of setup to do just to you know to cast that Reclamation Sage every once in a while. This is just like, hey, it's immediately good when it hits the board. 
Because it has haste. <laughs> and vigilance. Yeah. And death touch. Yeah, and death touch. Uh, the only thing you need to do is give it first strike and you're golden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I, I really like this card. The art on it's pretty cool. Uh, this three-headed like dragon-like cat beast. Uh, kind of like a mix between a dragon and a lion, honestly. Yeah. It's uh pretty good. I like how it's just chillaxing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm good. You don't want to mess with me. I, I just paws crossed on a log. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a good one. Uh, I like this one a lot. Um, but um, I don't have much else to say about it. It like, kind of speaks for itself. It's just. It has a lot of abilities. It does a lot of things. Of course, it's you know vulnerable to any sort of removal, but so is every other creature. So who? Knew? Yeah. Um, it could be your commander, though. It could be. It, it could be. It is the questing beast. Yeah. So it, I actually I like that they actually just straight up lifted that name from Arthurian legend. Where with everything else, they're like. We're just going to kind of make allusions to it, but we can't, like, directly reference it. But Questing Beast, they're just like, nah, it's just Questing Beast. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so our uh, our last cards. Uh, what is your last card, Leo? My last card is... Let me pull them up here real quick. Is uh, Torbrand, Thane of Redfell. He's one and red, red, red for a 2-4 Dwarf Noble Mm -hmm. with a matching beard to go with that stat line. Um, And then if a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus 2 instead. So all of your pings become bolts. Uh, All of your shocks become lava the uh, flame javelins. Yep. All of your bolts become targeted lava axes. Yep. It's a specifically. It's that he also has four toughness. He acts as a four four on his own. He's going to be my next mono red commander, <laughs> and he doesn't boost the damage symmetrically. He's a furnace of wrath, but instead of it being double for everyone, it's you just a flat addition yeah. for everyone else. Yep. And you're just sitting there like, no, nah, I'm fine. Uh, you get a pyrohemia out, and you're like, I will ping every one of my creatures and myself to bolt everything else of an opponent. Uh, yeah. And like I said, even even just your pingers become bolters. Yeah. Your little spells like a lava dart becomes a double bolt. Like, all of these little effects that red has that is, you know, one of the big problems red has in Commander if you're wanting to do a burn-style effect is all of your small spells just don't do enough. All of a sudden, your small spells become medium spells. Your medium spells become really big. Your big spells don't get upgraded as much. And honestly, that's fine. Yeah. But he even interacts great with, like, earthquake effects. All of your Comet Storms. You can Comet Storm for, you know, two less on everything that you're... If you're needing to use it to wipe boards and not opponents off the face of the game. Right. Um, I'm thinking of Goblin Siege Engine, even. Because that's not a good card. But now it is. Just every turn. Exactly. Just knocking things yeah. out. Yeah, just the that flat addition. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for a one damage effect, it is better than a furnace of wrath. For a two damage effect, it's the same. It's not until you start hitting the bigger effects that it actually becomes worse. And even then, it's still good. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I'm just I'm ready for this 
ready for this card to slide into a command zone near me. Yeah, I uh, I was actually considering this as one of my picks too. Um, this would actually make me play a mono red deck. Um, however, I kind of knew you were going to pick this, so I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I am not typecast at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yep. No, I'm a, I'm a versatile actor that doesn't fall back onto the same, same effects every single time. <laughs> all right. Uh, so your last card, Darth Tater. Got an enchantment this time. Mirror made. One and two blue for enchantment. You may have Mirror Maid enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or enchantment on the battlefield. It's got some flavor text. Share your darkest secret, and the mirror will reveal your soul's essence. Quote by C-E-R-I. Siri? Siri. Royal Mirror Keeper. I really like this. It personally seems to the the one awful thing I like to do to, in quotation marks, ruin commander games where I play Zer the Enchanter. Not looking to do awful doomsday <laughs> things. I play curses. That's amazing. So Man. having another flexible copy enchantment, you know, we got Estrid's invocation in Commander decks the previous year. So in the span of two years, getting two more copy enchantment effects. But it also really comes down to I've had the best fun I've had with that deck is resolve Zer as fast as you can. Sometimes it's turn four. The first time you swing, you go get standstill. Mm -hmm. You monster. Everyone takes a moment. You know, when you can't, you, the next person that casts a spell, everyone else draws three cards. You know, they don't really want that, so they'll wait. Then you swing again, because this isn't casting. You go get a copy enchantment. Everyone really is disinterested. <laughs> then you go get another copy enchantment. Now everyone's confused. Now I can go get the fourth <laughs> copy of standstill in my commander deck. <laughs> stare at everyone and be like my commander does something without me casting spells who's letting everyone else draw 12 cards and you know every time I will swing that first time I will cast that card I do it every oh, time yeah. and it he's like but why <laughs> and I'm like because I know rule number I one know what's happening <laughs> rule number one of standstill always be the first person to pop the standstill just, just do it just get it done that's what I do man that's what I that's do Oh, that's silly and <laughs> absolutely miss. I like that one. That was a good pick. Welcome to the fourth standstill. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Like it's uh, Zur actually cost you points in our commander league, so it won't yeah. happen often. But once I get a couple copies of this, maybe get the uh, the borderless one. That'd be nice yeah. swag to have to be like, okay, no one popped the first one, so now there's two, and we'll just see how far down the rabbit hole we can go. Right. Yeah. It it does have the flexibility of it can copy an artifact too if you need it. True. Yeah, and I do like that it, it gives you the anything on the field. It's not some of those newer cards that only copy the things you have. Yeah. It's true. But in your standstill example, it is something you have. For sure. I mean, just because I'm doing something awful with it doesn't mean I don't want it to do good things. Right. No, that's true. <laughs> Like, I'm still going to be able to attack with it and get a mirror made to maybe copy a Sword of Feast and Famine or something. Like, yeah. it still has relevant good options, not just me making everyone uncomfortable plays. <laughs> right. Just because it can be another standstill doesn't mean it has to be another standstill. Exactly. But it probably will be. It probably will. 
it's it's another standstill. <laughs> it's always another standstill. All right. Um, so uh, my final card is not as uh, let's say epic as it sounds. It's actually a pretty um, generic card, although it is new. Um, it's called Epic Downfall. So uh, all it is is one of the black for sorcery to exile target creature with converted mana cost through a greater. Um, in all honesty, not something I really care for. Uh, not huge on targeted removal myself, even though this is the second time I've talked about one uh, on the show. Um, what brought my attention to this one is the flavor text. Uh, have you guys seen the flavor text for this one? I have. It's very good. The dragon had a lot of things going through his mind that day. He didn't expect a sword to be one of them. So good. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I was just, like, you know, looking around in cards. Because, yeah, I'm not as, uh... I've been following it, but not near as much as Darth Vader here. So there's some cards that slipped past me. Of course, you know, Hydra pops up, I'm reading that thing, like, front to back. But, uh, this one... <laughs> I was just sort of perusing the stuff, uh... As we were, you know, getting ready for this episode, like this has to come on. Like this flavor text is just too good. Like, <laughs> I love, I love that kind of uh, that kind of language. It's like that that just a couple sentence like twist. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's not even like, it's like a subtle twist. It's just he didn't expect it to be a sword today, or you know, like something like that. Um, one of my favorite authors, uh, he does this thing where he's talking about a battle or whatever, and uh, he'll be like, there were seven goblins, and then one peered its head around the corner, then there were six goblins. Like, he doesn't even go into why. He's just like, that one died, so now there's six, if you keep a track. <laughs> so, th- this uh, this tickled my, tickled my funny bone quite a bit for this one. <laughs> it's a good card, too. Um... It's a little slow for, you know, something like you normally want to do, but because most most of these cards, you're, you're willing to pay uh, the extra black for, like, Hero's Downfall to, you know, hit more things and also at, at a greater speed. But it's, it's still okay. It's still an okay targeted removal. Um, the art for it's pretty good, too. That sort of sweeping purple blade on the back of a crow it looks like it's just straight up like fantasy art right there <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that's it that's it for me um so uh do you guys have any other thoughts on the set before we get into our uh final scores i just i like extra product i like shiny things and us getting these borderless of rares and mythics, and then for each of the cards with adventure, getting those like story frame cards. Like I really like that, and I like that it's very flavorful with the set. But it, it honestly has felt a little exhausting personally going through the process of trying to pre-order some of the collectors packs, and uh, just actual the whole boxes of those, not the individual packs, because you know, I've got a decent price on one of them, and I had some contact about the person I ordered them through saying. Oh, we don't know that we can promise it on delivery date, but basically they just wanted me to cancel the order and repost it higher. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah, really so been hurt by the pain. MSRP being gone away from them. Yeah. 
that is uh there are some people that can has that that decide to take advantage of that there are others that don't which is nice but for these collectors ones it's hard to find which is a pain because they're really pretty especially those storybook ones i agree are just gorgeous yeah and i really like that they're through all the rarities too like we don't just get the rares and the mythics you have the uncommons and the commons as the storybooks yeah like my favorite one i think is a common or an uncommon it's the the one sub mckinnon art is that alt art knight for i think order of midnight is just so good hmm i uh i i've taken a look at some of these like they're they're pretty decent um the one that stood out to me that was like this is pretty cool for like art wise is the murderous writer have you guys seen that one yeah that one that one gets me because it's like it's like it was drawn in a storybook like i mean of course that's the aesthetic for all of these but like the sort of black and white like sepia tone to it kind of furthers it in my opinion that is um I'm not into sort of that macabre like horror stuff usually, but that one is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, the art for this set is pretty well done. Uh, the trailer was actually pretty funny. Uh, Darth Vader like actually sat uh, sat me down with our parents to watch it. <laughs> it's it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there's just all sorts of cool things about this set. Um, I won't be going to the pre-release for this one, honestly. I don't. I don't have the. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not as competitive as a player as people here, so I'm like, eh. There's not enough for me in this set for me. Like, there's three cards that I would want, and I'm not gonna get them because one of them isn't possible. The other one's a mythic, and the other one is possible but it's not it's for collecting purposes and, and it won't do well if i get it while i'm playing like the rest of it would just yeah. be kind of like handed over the darth tater like i normally do <laughs> like here you go here's some extra cards i have shredded open these packs here here is the contents right yeah <laughs> it's pretty much what happens all right um is there any other thoughts on throne of eldraine before we score it no, I, I think it pretty well covers. There's a, I mean, for me, there's a lot of good cards, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a spread across the entirety of it being this really sweet Arthurian set. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, love the flavor. Okay, uh, I, so Leo, what is your score for Throne of Eldraine? Uh, all right, well, my score is just going to be an, an easy seven dwarves out of seven on this one. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of. Uh, things that i'm seeing here that are misses yeah the adventures are sweet the food tokens are cool um you can't have more than seven dwarves in a draft deck even if you draft eight uh all of that stuff just comes together really solid uh the colored artifacts mm-hmm. is a huge one for me because i actually started right at the end of Alara, and then i got to my next set and i was like oh wait colored artifacts aren't a normal thing <laughs> right I'm, excuse me and so them bringing that back is something more often is great so just in general seven out of seven is great fantastic set all right darth tater 10 out of 10 gideon still dead <laughs> but on a serious Wait. note a lot of legendaries we even got a cycle of these knights that are uncommon legendaries a lot of, a lot of things that i want to do 
most of the cards are really awesome. Love that it calls back to the fa fairy tales. We even have, you know, like cycles of cards that are talking about the same fairy tale. We have Enchanted Carriage talking about. Oh. Can't think of it. Like in Cinderella? Yeah. Cinderella. And you actually have, like, three cards kind of giving different steps in the same story. And like, Enchanted Carriage, I think, is the middle one for that. So it was a really great set. I'm really excited. Uh,. I guess the other thing to really note is 10 out of 10 for the Brawl decks, even though they're a nightmare to order. The, oh, yeah. the Command Tower has a new art. Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that alone is super, super relevant. Yeah. Super relevant card in every deck for Commander. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, this for me is 7 out of 7 Hydra Heads. Um, <laughs> none of the heads got cut off by some shitty cards like usual um, it all seems to be pretty good uh, also of which uh, while I'm saying this I'm just seeing the art for Sundering Stroke which is literally cutting the head off a bunch of reptiles dealing 7 damage divided as you chew amongst your <laughs> 3 targets ignore it it's three. It's just 3 different dragons it's fine it's fine Yeah, <laughs> they're okay. dragons wink wink yeah <laughs> Anyways, I did like I literally just Dragon saw that Hydra. as I was saying that. But uh Dragon Hydra win. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh it's a good set. Um I like uh, uh I'm not like super stoked for some of the wolves in the set, which I would have been. Um but it doesn't matter. The Turtle Hydra is enough makeup for that. The fact that there isn't a card that makes me want to pull my hair out because like now I have to deal with this like <laughs> there's none of cars like like that like uh like previously with uh path of cyclonia as I like to call it um <laughs> stuff like that so yeah uh good show uh love to see what the second part of this set is so or third uh, I don't think we're getting this again I don't think, yeah I don't think we get a second oh, well, second part we're we're going to like Theros Underworld the start of next year. Oh, that's yep. right. Yeah, you showed me that. Never mind. See, this is how much I pay attention. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good old Elspeth coming back. She who, think... she who was murdered by a god. Not murdered hard enough. Do you think I've heard some rumblings that we'll have a not master set, but kind of like that before the end of the year? So, might be the next time you hear from us. Yep, or it'll be with Underworld. Yep. Werewolves and vampires, the whole deal. Wait, no, that's the wrong thing. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thanks for listening. Ages. A big thank you guys for listening today. Um, if you want to catch Leo, you can catch him at Leo uh, on Twitter, at the Leo Riser. Um, if you want to catch Darth Tater, you'll have to go through me because he still doesn't have a Twitter. Uh, and my Twitter is at HuntersHubPod. Um, just a little quick thing. Uh, we're also going to be doing, of course, the weekly show. And then we'll also have a side quest coming out soon. And if you feel like tipping, I have a little Patreon going. It's just 4 to 1 on Patreon.com. So uh, if you care to tip. And that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Mm -hmm.